Are you in love with yourself? Whoa, mm. what a question that is. Mm. If you had asked me that 10 years ago, I'd say, off you go and walk out of the room. But now I can say, yeah, I'm in love with myself. What's, what's Because it? in love means mm. intimate. I'm intimately connected with myself and I can intimately connect. What is the difference between being in love and having love? Ah, a question I'm glad you asked. A question I'm glad you asked. Five Aiders, how are we? Did you enjoy that intro? We are back with another episode. And if you're watching this, you can see that I'm rugged up, man. It's supposed to be summer in Sydney. But for some reason, it is freezing. It's cold, man. It's cold. Sometimes I think Earth is just blowing and blowing and blowing. Or maybe it's just global warming. I thought about that. Global warming had to be global warming because they couldn't pick global cooling oh, that's too cool you know what i mean thoughts i have anyways this week we are joined by a special guest this guest has been in this particular field for over 40 years in his website it reads, I am a 70-year-old psychologist who specializes in making people's lives better. As a psychologist, I have been helping people personally grow and develop for about 40 years so far. These days, I help people connect their spirit so they can guide to the source, so they can be guided to the source of their emotional blockages. The goal is to help people resolve challenges permanently so the particular issues they are facing at the time can never arise again. His name is Robert Hillier, roberthillier.com.au. If you've been listening to our episodes and you've you've heard, you know, the last uh, couple of doctors that we had on, uh, discuss things in a very scientific manner. This one, I urge you to open your mind as initially we begin to discuss things that are outside of the norm. And it's about going into past lives. Now, I'm, I'm only getting accustomed to these things now. I was never even a star sign guy. You know what I mean? I, I yeah, I, I'm, I've always been this like analytical person. Now, I've always had a belief in the source, but I've never had this understanding. I've always thought that this understanding of going into past lives, I've always thought that hypnosis was a bunch of bullshit as well. Um, I don't know how people get hypnotized. I'd love to speak to one of those types of people that do the hypnosis. I don't even know what they're called. But keep an open mind. I have an open mind. 
I really like what he's doing. He's the only one of his field currently doing this with that much experience in a practical sense. And I'm super excited for this episode. Before we get there, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors. loanoptions.ai slash 58 loanoptions.ai slash 58 if you have a bunch of fines from all this time consolidate them go to them they'll help you out you put in your details and you say how much you want say how much you'd like to pay and there system will give you all the lending options now they're not a normal lender that throws you away for some you know some third party they just give you some results and then throw you away they'll help you through the entire loan process to make sure that you get the loan those guys are absolutely amazing i'm glad that i've partnered with a business that supports all people and that's very important in this day and age so if you're looking for a car loan if you're looking for a business loan if you're looking to get a loan for a holiday or you've got a credit card that you feel you're paying too much interest on they've saved people a lot of money loanoptions.ai slash five eight F-I-V-E, the number eight. Now let's get into the episode. It's amazing to have you guys here again. And we're back to our regular schedule of every Wednesday morning. Love you guys. Let's do it. You are listening to episode 79 of the 58 Tape. Australia's podcast. Remember to eat liver and ten your balls. Yeah, and and, and pop it, it in, I, yeah. I need to get this off. My great New Zealand joke scene was saying it is, you know, the old thing is um, what time do you have do you have dinner at night? And they say, Oh, sex. No, 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 no. What time do you have dinner? Not what do you have for dinner? <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. Uh, <laughs> so good, so good. Um, yeah, I, I started doing a dive into your YouTube channel and, mate, I got to say, absolutely amazing. What you discuss and what you're bringing to light, personally, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And uh, I definitely appreciate what you do. Um, for the listeners who aren't too familiar with your work, you bring together spirituality in psychology so you use to my understanding you're using tarot and other spiritual tools with a basis of psychology can you can you break that down and give a little history on how how you got there and the amazing work that you do look i'll break it down and i'm not going to tell the story won't be too long but it starts when i was two years old Mm. and when i was two years old i broke my leg Mm. and it was my right leg and as a result of that my right leg didn't grow while, while it was in plaster. And so 
So then I grab all my life with one leg a bit short. I, I now wear a a, a, um, a a wedge in my in in one of my shoes. Yeah, the right one, of course. So I grew up, but what I didn't know was, but as I'm as I'm growing up, therefore, I've favouring one side of my body without really realising it, and and uh, is also the neurological development it was was affected as well. So I've come up very very right brained. Because mm. you know it's like the seems to be the right brain was really really um, overdeveloped, and the right brain is all about spirituality, intuition, feelings, art, all that sort of stuff. And it's almost like the feminine side in psychology. Mm. So I'm growing up there, and and uh, then when I started doing so psychology, I didn't realise I was so right brain. But all I know is while I was studying, I was having lots of you know, lots of difficulties. I was getting it all, but God, it was such a struggle to go through all the information, remember all those names. Mm. But when it came out in the field and doing it, I could just, I could just do it. Mm. It just used to happen. I just, just start talking to people. I could just do it. You know, and um, and and I realised that, you know, uh, later on, I'd, I'd, I'd do um, workshops with my wife and I, and she, my wife, would do all this great planning for me and. I just run this workshop and three days, and sometimes I wouldn't even go into the plan. She'd get upset. She said, "I did a lot of work for you. You didn't use any of it. No, dear. No, no, no. It's okay. But it was there. It was there. So it gave me confidence to go and do what I wanted to do. And the workshops were all very good, very highly regarded. Very, you know, we lost a lot of demand for them. But what I didn't realize is, through all this time, I was being very, very spiritual. I didn't know that. I just thought it was just there. I just thought, whatever said." Whatever you say, to say it. Yes. And then I was referred, I got a phone call from a psychic who was also a client of mine that I'd known for 20 years. We kept, kept in contact. And then she said, because she never rings anybody, she said, hmm, um, Eloise, my new spirit guide, told me to give you a call. Mm. Oh, okay. What about you? I don't know. He just told me to give you a call. So, good. So we started talking. And I was talking away, and then she's a nurse. So I said, well, I do have a client who's, who's, um, who's got a real big, big difficulty with mould, mm. uh, a mould problem. And uh, personally, I think she's going to die, and I don't know, I don't know where to go with it. Uh, right. I said, so, oh, you used to do readings, didn't you? She said, yes. Yeah. So I said, what, do you want to do a reading with it? She said, Yes, okay. So I got to call the client. She said, yep, fine. Now, this this person had been um, Claire, we'll call her. Yeah. Claire had been shifting house every three, four days because every time she got into a house, it did too much mould. She was out of her own house, going from house to house to house. Her husband was home looking after, after the house and and she was just moving, 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 moving. And she'd been seeing naturopaths and seeing all these people. Nothing was working. So we got it when gave her a reading. And we gave the reading and suddenly the reading takes us back. BC times, two, 3,000 BC. Mm. Whoa, thought I. Scientific psychology doesn't get a bit much. So we go back to that and we, and we go back to a life where, to cut a long story short, She's been um, um, she'd been thrown into a dungeon, which was very damp and very mouldy, 
and she died of mold investor in gestation, which is a very painful, awful death. Right. So, okay, that's that's this is getting pretty trippy. And I meanwhile, I'd also gone and seen her family, and they said, Well, we're so bad now, she can't come back here, she can't come back to the bowl, can't do anything like that. It's all had it fine, okay. And then about two or three weeks later, next thing I know, I've been working with her, doing a lot of work. Next thing I know, she's back home, she's back home, and she's fine. What? And the family, she's getting on with the family, and they're all having their arguments. and and she's still in the same house, the mole's still there, but she's fine. So I'm sitting there and thinking, what's going on here? Because this is, this is not what you call scientific at all. Mm. Um, but her fa- and her family, they were wanting to put her into a, 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 psychiatric in, in a psychiatric place and put her on heaps of psychotropic medication. Yeah. I'm pretty, pretty sure she would have died with that too. So anyway, I um, kept on going. And then we started seeing other people. I, and I started... Clients who I worked with, I started asking them, would you like to do a psychic reading? And surprise, surprise, they all said yes. Mm-hmm. So we do a psychic reading and same thing happened. Whole, totally different story. But they all got well. Mm-hmm. And previous that, I was keeping my clients for a long, long time because I've known clients for 20 years. And suddenly I'm running out of clients. They don't, like, they don't need to see me anymore. They're all fixed. They're all happy. Oh, thought I, this is, this is really quite amazing. And right now we've done about 200, and I've got 200 really great original stories in there, and some of them go back to Roman times. They, they go back all over. They don't all go back in past lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and I remember when this first started, um, Maureen's it's a psychic, psychic medium, and her first, Things the first words were no 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 we don't do we don't we're not doing past life no I don't do past life I don't believe in past life <gasps> okay we're going to do past lives <laughs> and that was a guide saying yes you will yes you, that's what you got to do that's the only thing we're doing and so she did past lives and there've been different past lives than anything we've ever got ever got and so the readings that Maureen gives are very different than anything I've ever come across because these readings are saying. What's going on now, this is what you most need to focus on. You need to focus right here. And I realise now that what that does, it, it, it's taking us to the exact original source. Mm. And sometimes that exact original source can be, it can be a thousand years ago, many, many lifetimes ago, and people have often been suffering with this and doing it, doing it time and time again. Mm. And uh, so, okay, I know that was all pretty amazing. I'm, I'm amazed by this. And then the guide said, Rob, you've got to have, you, you need your own reading. I thought, oh, well, fine. So I'm there and I start doing my reading. And she starts giving the reading. And I'm writing down all the notes because that's what I've done. I've got notes for everything. And I'm writing these notes and suddenly it's hitting me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought, what's going on here? And this, it was interesting because these, and there's five or six or seven past lives in there, and there's a reason for that. And all these these things just keep coming at me, coming at me. And it would hit me because these were about me and these resonated with me and all the rest of them hadn't because mm. they were about the other person. Yeah. You know, and these ones resonated with me. And, and what I realised is, you know, and I, I realised I wasn't just being 
Now, I've been, I've been trained to do this over many, many lifetimes because you know, they've been told I'm a person who has to experience things to really get it. Well, boy, I've had a, all these experiences, you know, and I've been in jail and I've been burned to the stake and I've, you know, I've been pedophiled, I've been sexually abused, oh, and, you know, and I've been executed, all this stuff in mm. past lives. That's fine. But suddenly it starts to explain why I just know what's going on with people because I've experienced it at some stage. So, um, yeah, and so, you know, and that, and believe me, if you had have told me five years ago that, Rob, you're going to be sitting here talking to Diego and about, about your experiences um, working with a psycho, working with a psychic medium because you're a psychologist, mm. I would have said, no way, Jose, but here I am. Mm. And um, it's been the most amazing, accurate resource I've ever, ever, ever come across. Um, as far as I know, I'm the only psychologist doing it. I don't think, you know, more out of, she doesn't do it with the other psychologists, just with me. So um, away we go, and uh, and we're still developing it. Every every time we think we've we've got it now, we move off because we thought we had past lives. The next thing you know, no, no fear. This is not yeah. a past life. This is a real life here. This is this. This is that. This is what you've got to focus on. And I just take it to face value. You know, I just follow whatever they're going to whatever they're going to focus on. Let's work with that. Let's start doing the writing. Let's start applying the psychological principles to that. Yeah. And uh, we get, and I realise what we're doing is we get in months. We, well, we used to take months or even years. We do in hours or days because it's we don't have to find the spot. We've got the spot. Mm. So, yeah. So that's that's been the most amazing thing is that's that's um, that's come about for me and it's happening right now. That's what I do now. Because you've been you've been doing the you were practicing the other form of psychology, just straight psychology, what you're taught, traditional traditional psychology for over 25 years. And was there a point where you just realized something here that we're taught in this traditional psychology method is just not working? Is it, are you are you a religious person at all, or it was where was no, that point? No, um, religion. Well, I don't believe I'm a religious person. My my sister told me the other day that I went to Sunday school most most Sundays. I never I don't remember that. Mm. But at what point? Look, that's a very good question. I've got a feeling. I've always I've never really been religious, but I've always had this spiritual feeling about it, but I've never really known what it was. And I've never trusted or had the faith in that I've got now. Mm. Um, when Maureen went and rang up, I don't know even why I went. I don't even know why I went there. Yeah. Why the hell would I ask her to do a reading on somebody who's come in there with with mold infestation, with a problem with mold, mm. who's got obviously got a, me- a medical health problem? Why would he even bother? Yeah. But something and said, said, go and do it. So we went. And why would she say yes? <laughs> but we did it. And the, and the rest is history. But um, as I said, when I look back, I realise that I used to run workshops a lot and, and, um, and my note-taking was never up to the good psychological standard. Mm. And so I was just always just trusting my, the inner self. I always thought, doesn't matter, whatever happens, something will come up, it'll be there, I can deal with it. And I'd say 95% of the time that was the case. When it wasn't, I'd have to work hard. But when I was connected, it's easy. When I'm not connected, 
I found it really, really hard. I'd have to work hard, I'd have to read hard and really work hard at it and not even get the result. So, mm. you know, because when I first started as a psychologist, I was doing school reports. I was doing IQ tests and stuff like that, all left brain stuff. Yeah. And I've done a lot of um, a lot of uh, uh, family court reports, a lot of legal reports for the magistrates and and uh, county courts, mm. you know, and um, and that was all more left brain stuff. But somehow they used, they used to work pretty well. I'm very confident now that no matter what comes up, that yeah. I'll be supported and I'll, I'll be able to handle it. So I don't even worry about it now. I, I never prepare for any session now. You just go. I just know that. Mm. I just go go with the gun. Didn't, I did very little preparation for this. I'm just going with with um, with where it feels right to be talking. Yeah, and I think that's but, uh, uh, I think that authenticity is sort of missing in these fields. Um, what 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 I gather and understand, um, there's and it, people's just got to be authentic with themselves. And I feel. That's that's why I find your work fascinating. Bringing bringing having that psychological base um, of traditional psychology, but then adding the spirit to it. And as you said, you uh, the people that you speak to seem to be getting better, and they seem to um, be moving on. Where these days, what what I find you you can elaborate if it's true uh, down the traditional psychology route is that. These people are almost reliant on sitting on that chair and speaking to someone and venting for um, each session over and over and over and over and over and over and over again that I know people that truly rely on their psychologists like it's a um, ritual to be going there. And they. it seems like the psychologist is getting some money out of it and, uh, you know, the, the person, I don't know what they're getting from it. They're, they're venting but not really going to the root and the source of the problem. Um, that's why I find what you do fascinating. And it's amazing that you said that, that people are getting better and they are moving on with their lives and finding new truths and finding themselves. Have you, did you find that on a traditional psychology path that that was the case, that people just kept coming as a sort of ritual base, non-religious ritual base, just being there just to vent and just talk about the world that has got them stuffed in. Yeah, look, I'm very embarrassed to say that for that for a long time there were a number of people doing that. Mm. Not all the time, but there were a number of people doing it, a number of people who did that and uh, uh, and I, I used to feel, I used to find that really hard because it's the last thing I wanted to really do is to because you know I like to see people grow and develop it feels really mm. good for me too yeah um but you know but I uh, and I know because I also did training as a marriage guidance counselor yeah and I and I I'd never forget that when you're working for marriage guidance counselor they I did um I watched three sessions suddenly they put me in a room and this couple were there and I sat there and I thought oh far out this is real <laughs> I, just, I just had to go there and I had no idea what I'm doing and what I realised, boy my guides come in there and they saved me that day they really saved me but it, it was a really weird, weird, weird feeling and uh, the interesting thing is that I keep on going back to relationships all the time because it's mm. the biggest difficulties you have with relationships but 
a lot of the marriage marriage counseling stuff you do, you do, you go, 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 and then they they, they break up. And you think, whoa, that's not really, that's not all what I really want. Yeah. And it's only when I could get to the exact primary cause. I you can get close, but when you get to the exact one, mm. when you go back and you find, you know, you uh, let me see, I'll just try and think of a session I've, I've had. Okay, um, uh, yeah, okay. This is one of my more interesting ones mm. um, about a, about a guy that that um, he was he was there and and he was he really had some some really big difficulties. He had, diff- he had difficulties because he was into alcohol, wine, women, song, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, really, really big, really, really big stuff. And and quite seriously, he was um, drinking five slabs a week. Ah. Absolutely. And I said, gee, that's a lot. He said, oh, no, no, no. I only drink about 12. I only, I only have about 12 cans a, a, a night. It's on the weekends. I have 30 or 40 a day. <laughs> only, only 12 cans a night, mate. <laughs> That's horrible. That's absolutely extreme. And anyway, we did some, we did some, uh, some work on him as he did a past life. And the past life went way, way, way back into, into um, um, Roman times. Yeah. Roman senator. I went back to a Roman senator, and and in that Roman senator, he senator he was he was invited to invited to an orgy, and he went he went to an orgy, and um, and things happened there. So he decided he never wanted to have anything more to do with that again. So he went to a priest. Sorry, what's an orgy? It's orgy. Orgy. orgy, yeah. I, I was like, I was like, okay, uh, that's uh, what I was thinking in yeah. my head. But then I was like, is this a different word that I don't know? But yeah, okay, I'm right with you. I'm right with you. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I got the right. I, perfect, I was, perfect. You, you did it. You did it the very, yeah. the very yeah. beautifully yeah. articulated way. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I anyway, love it. He was, he was absolutely um, <laughs> tricked. Yeah, he was tricked in, into into yeah. having a sexual encounter with a member of his family who he didn't know were there because he was oh, so drunk. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So he, he was in total, total shame. Mm. So he goes off. He goes off and he said, no, that's it. I'm out of here and I'm going to become a Christian. So he became a Christian and went over and he decided to confess to the priest. Mm. And when he confessed to the priest, the priest said, what you've done is beyond redemption and you are damned to the gates of hell forever. Right. And he's still carrying that. So, okay. So we did a lot of that. We started, you know, this is 2,000 years later. We're there writing these stories and, oh, my God, you know, and it was so real. Mm. Um, to cut a long story short, um, he doesn't drink now. Oh, he doesn't drink? I never drink? told him to go and drink. No, he's given up. He stopped drinking. Oh. He's, he's, so yeah. essentially, he he went back and saw that uh, had that realization and saw that himself, and then now he's he's essentially gone sober. It scared him in his soul that much. No, it didn't it didn't scare him. He got to the primary root cause and uh. was able to accept ah. accept that in himself. Yes, he was able to accept it in himself because that's a part of him, and and suddenly he realized he doesn't have to be damned to the gates of hell forever. He could let that go, and 
So, and I knew he was getting pretty good because he'd 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 given up drinking. He said, "Oh, I've pretty much given up," but I, you know, I only have a couple of one or two slabs a week now. I thought. Well, that's, that's an improvement. Yeah, still, it's a massive improvement. Moderation. Yeah. Moderate. I'm all yeah. about moderation. You know, have a have a glass of red. You know, I don't drink oh, beer too much, yeah. but a few glasses of red mm. is is always good. Do you do you find there's a a root cause in our human nature that is more prevalent than others? Ah, uh, yeah, there is. There is a. The um, actually, there's not a root cause, but there are mm. there are certain strategies we're using which are more prevalent and will keep you stuck there. Right. So anything can sort of happen. Like this guy, yeah. That's the only time I've come up with a root cause of where he's gone and where he's going way, way back into his past life, where he. Mm. End up having a sexual encounter with a member of your family. That mm. doesn't happen often. It's not yeah, the yeah, not yeah. probably the last time. Yeah, and there's other times when you know, and I've had two people with with uh, with mold, for instance, and they both the times they've been they've been stuck in um, um, in damp dungeons, left to die with being infested by mold. Mm. But there's a lot of other ones. I've you know, had people who have um, uh, who have found out that they've. They've betrayed. They've been betrayed, or they betrayed the family. I talking one one fellow once, and he had a duel, a duel as in sword fight duel yeah, yeah, back yeah. in France, and uh, and uh, he was killed, and it was all set up by by the lady he is now he's now in a in a relationship with. And, you know, he came here with me. He had this. He was had a jealousy problem. <laughs> Wouldn't know, wouldn't know why, would you? <laughs> anyway, but is is that's all sort of dealt with because it's when you hit the primary root cause, when you get the exact, mm. not close, exactly on it, yeah. and that's where that started. And his his was his stemmed when he got stabbed mm. in the fifteenth century in France. Now I know that sounds really weird. Certainly sounds weird to me. Yeah. I've just grown to sort of saying that this is the way it works. So. We'll do it, but the but where people get stuck is they make themselves wrong. Makes themselves wrong. Elaborate on they that. make themselves wrong, and and while they make themselves wrong, and then they try and they make themselves wrong, they start blaming people, right? right or they yeah. start blaming themselves, or they start getting down on themselves, or they start hating themselves. And when they can sort of own what they're doing, they're fine. They tend to let it go. I was talking to a lady at um, some stage and, ooh, she'd made a vow. She was in a past life. She was a male and she was a 17-year-old male and she was, she was uh, in a relationship with a 16-year-old female who was having a baby. Right. And the 16-year-old female died in childbirth, which is – and so she lost the – he lost – her, the baby and and his wife, but he made a vow that he would he would never ever forget. He would love her forever. Now, forever's a long time. Yeah, he didn't just say, "I'm going to love you for the day I die." That's fine, but I'm going to love you forever. So here we are, um, five or six hundred years later, and she's having all sorts of problems being in a relationship and and. 
falling in love with anyone. Why? Because she's still staying true. Well, that was okay, and that you think, oh, that's pretty fanciful, except when we start processing it and she starts going back and remembers herself, remembers herself as that 17-year-old male and you could feel the distress and the love and it was coming out and she still didn't want to let go of the 16-year-old um, female. Mm. She didn't want to let go of that at all and she was still holding on. She was still being loyal and that's okay. And then finally, you know, you take time because it just takes time. And when she finally let go, life just changed. She just felt relieved and her whole voice changed. Everything changed. Amazing. And it was, that was stopping you. Well, that's why I'm saying it's the best thing I've ever done because there's no way in the world I ever, ever, ever would have got to her primary root cause. Mm. But I did that. She did that. Now, I'd been working on that. I'd been, she, she and I, we've known each other for 20 years. Yeah. Keeps coming back and we do another bit, do another bit, do another bit. But they keep coming back because it never quite hit it. Mm. Pretty amazing stuff. Pretty fascinating stuff. I'm blown away. Yeah, I'm blown away right here. Just just mm. listening, imagining being being in there in the room and having that discussion with her. It's yeah, it's it's incredible. And like, did you did you have a question? I see you touching. Yeah, I, I was just going to say. I always say to Diego, I'm like, oh my my soul contracts. Like, there's some <laughs> there must be something going on here and. Everybody, or when I've said something like that, everyone's kind of looks at me as if I'm crazy. But the fact that you can sort of apply it with a, um, I guess, a rational thought basis as well and bring it into a way that it can just be explained, I guess. So even yeah. if the initial root cause um, doesn't make sense, you, you've sort of found a way to, yeah, yes. just, just make it make it sense. Make, yeah. It makes no sense at all, all I, but all I know is, just like it was with me, you, know, you tell these people this thing, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, okay, this is all right. Not with them. They're going, oh, oh, and I, I didn't understand that until I had this reading and I'm going, oh, mm. oh, oh, mm. this was about me. Mm. <laughs> For people that haven't done it, I want to get back to uh, that particular uh the relationship and love forever and, you know, being in love yes, versus yeah. love. But that yeah. from, you know, dealing with the courts, dealing uh, with people from the traditional psychologi- psychological sense, you know, for over over 25 years you've done it, um, being in that mindset and then having the realization of this whole new spiritual space, which you felt you felt yourself. I think that's what I'm gathering is that's when you yeah. understood yeah. it, and then you were able to accept it. For the for people that you know are listening, and uh, you know have never you know have never done this sort of work, and have never gone back uh, into their past lives or back to their childhood traumas to deal with things and uh, to go forward mm. in a better way. What 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 can they expect? What what did you find yourself when this all happened to you, and you you had to go from a traditional, you know, analytical brain to understanding a whole spiritual realm that does exist? Okay. Um, in the beginning, it's terrifying mm. because you've got no idea. And 
And if you spend all your life blaming yourself and making yourself wrong and saying, you know, I'm this bad person, I'm stuck here, I can't ever deal with this. And if I open up, it's going to make it worse. Mm. So it's terrifying to start. For me, it was anyway. Yeah. Once you get it, once you go in there and you and you open it up and you hit the primary root cause, it goes from terrifying to traumatic. Mm. But only for a couple of seconds, only for a couple of seconds, a couple of minutes, because it's in that trauma. That's the first time, by the way. Mm-hmm. I do it quite often now. The trauma's not there because I know what to expect. Yeah. Because when you actually break through, you don't know what's going to happen. You're just sitting there and say, oh my God, where's this going? The idea is sit back and say, no, just let it go. Just go with the flow. Trust, have faith in yourself, trust yourself, and let yourself be taken there. And so you let yourself be taken there. And I, you know, you, I do a lot of spiritual writing. I just write, write, write about things. I just write from the, write from the heart, you know, and, um, and where anything goes. And I always burn the letters afterwards because if I didn't burn the letters and someone came and raided me, they'd put me in a way and never let me out. If they read down those letters and read them. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, some of them are just bizarre. Uh. They're just absolutely bizarre. And you read, but when you and I, when I write a letter, I read it out loud to myself or to my wife or to the mirror. Yeah. And when you read it out loud, you think writing the letter was tough, but you read it out loud is even tougher. Mm. And then I, I did it one day. I said, I'll read that out again. Might, I might get more out of it. No. Easy. Once I read it out loud, it's gone. And then I'm starting to feel a bit relaxed. I'm mm. starting to say, what's, what's going on here? Oh, Rob, you look different. Yeah, what's happened? I don't know. How are you feeling? Good. Why? I don't know. What's changed? I don't know. Got no idea. It's just it's works. Same life. I'm the same person. Love it. I'm, love it. I'm the same. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, but how can we not argue, darling? Says my wife. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's always the case, isn't it? When everything's yeah. going too good, well, you have to question it. <laughs> oh, we always used to. What's happened? Though? I don't know. I thought it was your fault. Must be. It was your fault. Uh, no, darling, I'm the psychologist. I'm the relationship expert. I know it was your fault. I never, won, I never ever won an argument saying that, by the way. Never, never won any argument. I should have shut up. Love it. And I'm just feeling better. I'm feeling pretty authentic and really, you know, I'm into myself now. And the challenge you the challenging thing I say to people now is, are you in love with yourself? Whoa, mm. what a question that is. Mm. If you had asked me that 10 years ago, I'd say, off you go, I'd walk out of the room. But now I can say, yeah, I'm in love with myself. What's Because what's in love means mm. intimate. I'm intimately connected with myself and I can intimately connect. And it doesn't matter what I find down there, I find that I've got nothing, I don't hold any grudges against myself, you know. Mm. Good. What is the difference between being in love and having love? Uh, great question. I'm glad you asked. Mm. Um, I've worked with quite a lot of people who, in relationships, and they've had um, they've separated yeah. and divorced, and it's been a really wonderful civil separation divorce. They they get out and they become really great supportive parents, and they work pretty well with each other. They have a few arguments, but, you know, if something goes wrong, you know, 
I'm having problems here because someone doesn't. Um, um, well, I had someone the other day. They said, "Yeah, I lost, I lost a, a very dear close family friend, and her ex-husband came and said, don't worry, I'll take the kids. You look after. You're going to do what you've got to do." And they have these wonderful sort of thing. And the point is, they've never been in love. They've mm. loved each other, and they're like brother and sister, and they're really good, and they have these great, great partnerships. But they've never really been in love. But when you get people who have a have a really nasty divorce and they and they want to kill, maim, destroy, that's because they've been in love and they're fighting not to be in love anymore. Mm. They're fighting to be out of love. Now the difference is when you're in love with someone, you're intimately, you're intimately there, and it's like they've got the answers that you need. And you've got the answers they need. And what you see in them is you. You see yourself. And what they see in you is themselves. And it's when they start to say, you are doing this to me, you're, and they start blaming each other, they are stuck. And they get stuck in this in love, really crap stuff going, spiraling down, 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 down. And they can't let each other, let each other go. Whereas people who just love each other, they don't get like that. If they just love each other, they they tend to be able to work things out, and and uh, and it's and you'll sit there and say, oh, if they get on so well, why why should they ever be separated? Because they get on so well. Mm. No, they. It's because when you're in love, it, the your in love person is going to take you more intimately, deeper into yourself than a loving person will, because they matter so much. Mm. They're going to take you right into the primary court and they're not going to let you go until you actually resolve it for yourselves. And when you resolve it for yourselves, and often stuff's been around there for years and years and years and right through your childhood and often back in your family generations or probably in your past lives or whatever. Mm. But it's stuff that you've got to really get there and get the primary cause and deal with it. Whereas in love, in love is like a brother or sister. You don't have to go there really and... The other, the next level up, I suppose, is just uh, friends and acquaintances. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, like you can have a really great lifelong friendship with a with acquaintance, but um, you start to live together, you go to another level of intimacy. Doesn't work so well. Mm. And in love means you're going to a deeper level of intimacy again compared with just loving someone. So mm. I often say to people, you know. Uh, you know, if you've been, if you just love each other, fine. But if you're in love, no. Nah. If you've been in love, you're not going to have a nice breakup at all. Mm. And basically, you shouldn't break up because in love, people usually end up and go and find someone else to be in love with, and the same thing happens. Right. So they just keep on going round and round and round and round and round. Not always. Right? Oh, I've had, I've had a lot of people who've been going to separate, and they do do the past life stuff and they do go right into it and they do get in there and they're now happily living happily ever after. Thank you very much. And it's great because they got it. And once they get it once, they keep going from strength to strength to strength because they start dealing with it more and more and more. And it's deeper about, and deeper things. And it's is it about dealing with things with each other or do you sort of need to have that time to yourself and um should you how yeah should you should you develop with someone or is it if you don't know yourself can you successfully be in love with another person and accept them for who they are 
Uh, yes, you can, um, but it's going to develop anyway. You see, a happy relationship is moving from problem to problem to problem, resolve, 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 and you keep on going further and further along. Happy people are going forward, and going forward means I'm dealing with my dealing with the problems. And in any relationship, at the end of the day, it's about you, you, and only you. And that person across there, mm. that person is the trigger. You look at you look at there. In my case, I look at her. And, wow, you make me feel so bad. It's just your fault. I only feel like this when I'm with you. So. I'm leaving. Get out. You can go. I'll go. We're going to split up, and that's it. And suddenly, that's fine. We separate, and then the way the universe has it, it doesn't let you get away with anything, so it throws you together with someone else. You get to someone else, and before you know it, different body, different thing, but it's coming up again. Same mm. thing. I'm feeling just the same. Oh, my God. How unlucky am I, thought I, when I married my second wife. How unlucky am I? This is just as bad as the first one. <laughs> and what's more, it's worse. My God. How unlucky am I? <laughs> and that's when my dear wife now said, let's go and do a bit of personal development work. And I thought, no, I don't need that. I'm a psychologist. Let's go and do some personal. Okay, we'll try that. So we went and spent the next four or five years doing a lot of very, very deep personal development work. And it was a very spiritual man too. And uh, mm-hmm. then we were able to sort of deal with stuff that I'd never, ever been able to deal with before, nor had she. Mm-hmm. I still would like to say that every fight, every fight we ever had back then and even now is all totally her fault. <laughs> I, I say that because it gives me great pleasure to say that and, and she's not here to argue against it. So... <laughs> That, that sort of keeps me going, you know? <laughs> I love it. So good, yeah. so good. Now, I, I am so. I, I, yeah, I, I've got my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm always uh, always trying to be right in our relationship. Uh, I think I think uh, in, most of the time I'm, I'm very much wrong, but I don't want to let her know that. But, you know, she's, she's here and she's listening. She definitely understands what I'm saying. Well... <laughs> What's the what's the saying? You want to be right or happy? Yes, yes. I, I, right. I want to be right. <laughs> Personally, right. <I> <laughs> nah. But I'm. Right. I'm. That just. It, it's essentially. I've grown a lot during these these time. This whole uh, pandemic experience. I feel like. Um, people's conscience have gone to a higher level. You can be wise, you can be smart, you can be intelligent, but that doesn't really mean your conscience of yourself and your conscience of your awareness and the people that you're surrounded with, which I think the positivity out of what's going on is that we have uh, been thrown into this very spiritual whirlwind and um i'm i'm definitely grateful that we're on the same page on on a lot of things and it's it's also great to it tests people during this time and that's why i think your work is is very very important um people a lot of people especially our demographic uh always you know their their whole thing is go have a beer go go party go have one night stands and um 
enriched themselves with an unfulfilling life which isn't rich at all. So when for these for these people that are for our younger listeners that um, you know are looking for something more they feel that they're not satisfied they're not too happy with the the people that they're surrounded with possibly and they feel like there is you know if you let them go you're going to feel all alone and there's no other way for those people um what's your advice for them right there's one strategy Mm. one strategy which works there's a lot of other strategies which will work but if you don't do this one it's not going to don't know what you do it won't work and that strategy is you listen. You listen to your partner. And that's the most honouring thing you can do. And you listen with them. And when you listen, there's two things you can't do at the same time. And that is listen and talk. Mm-hmm. So you listen and, and you make sure you're listening and you go into their world. Yeah. You hear what they're saying. And they might say things and, and often they're going to be saying the biggest load of crap about you ever and you're going to really want to come in and defend yourself yes that's that's your stuff that's not theirs if you're listening to them that's what they're that's their world and that's what they need to say so listen let them go they can talk and you just sit there and just let them go most people mm-hmm. do not listen very few people have had the experience of being well listened to and Diego, if you're like this, like you are now, in your relationship with the lovely lady of your life, mm. then you don't have a problem. Because no matter what you're doing, you're listening and you're honouring that lady, that person. You're honouring her to, because it's the most honouring thing. The most dishonouring thing you can do is to, A, be trying to work out uh, how you're going to respond as they're still talking to be interrupting them and say, yes, 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 but, 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 no. Mm. Let them listen. Let them talk it through. And what they'll, what people will do when they listen and talk it through, they'll heal themselves. And they do. They heal themselves. You don't have to heal them. They'll heal themselves. In fact, some of the best sessions I've ever had, people have come back and said, oh, last session was, last session was really good. But I said nothing. Oh, I didn't know that. I just, I just don't talk about this stuff and I really need to talk about it. And I, and in the talk about it, they got it because I'm really listening and I know exactly what they're saying. I'm not just not just pretending. I'm with them all the way. I'm in their world. It's like my world doesn't matter. Their world does. Mm. And when you do that, you and your partner, that's how you and your partner work together because they work out their stuff and then they listen to you and you work out your stuff. Mm. And very often you don't even have to respond to each other. And sometimes people do. But if you listen long enough, they'll go off responding to it and they'll start talking about what they really need to talk about. Mm. Yeah. Well, what I know is you just don't listen to me at all, dear. I go, I'm really, I'm really worried. Look, actually, just like my father was, because when I was a kid, my father never used, used to listen. And, you know, and I, I watched him with my mother and with, with me. And I remember a time when he did this, 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 and this. So suddenly they've gone into their stuff because you've listened and you've, empowered them to go there Mm. that's intimacy that's in love Mm. that's what in love does whereas um when you're just loving each other often 
you just never ever go back into that into that deep stuff. So, but that's if there's one strategy, the most powerful strategy you can do, that's the one. Mm. Just listen, and you listen to each other. And the thing is, that as you're listening, then you're also um, earning the right to be listened to. And then you say, right, I, you know, um, um, I've stopped. Or let, let's say you're you uh, you're listening to your to your partner and and uh, and you've finished. Um, oh, so, yeah, you're listening to your partner, and then she finishes, and then you start talking, and then she comes and says, "Yeah, but 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 hang on, hang on, I listened to you. Oh, that'll kill us. Yeah, that'll kill her." And she'll say, "Yes, you did. I listened. Good. So you now owe it to listen to me. Yeah, fair and ground. it works for everyone. Yes, it's and it's such a simple little thing." But it it really and truly works like you would not believe. It's just it's about the most powerful thing you do. And people say, "Yeah, oh, yeah, I can do that." Oh, I've seen people say, "Yeah, I can do it." They don't. They don't know how to do it because they they got to say something. Yes, yes, yes. But all I want to say is, don't yes. forget it. There you go. Yeah. I love it, and it definitely, and it is, it is in, incredible, incredibly hard at times uh, to do. It does sound like a simple thing, but. It is hard, and I, I do agree with that. You you put things in equal playing field if you allow that time uh, to listen, and evidently it will just allow the spirit to align a lot more. And uh, just one. just before I, I let you go, I understand, busy man. I just want to touch base um, on. Uh, blame versus responsibility. I've heard you speak about that before uh, in a relationship. Oh, yeah. And uh, what what are the – how can you take responsibility and how can you differentiate the blame uh, between you and your partner uh, when you're in a relationship with one another? How can you – how can you – step back and assess the situation and say, you know what, I'm, I'm having a go at you for something that uh, I should completely take accountability for. Yeah, yeah, good one. Um, the first thing is if, you, if you're doing the blame stuff, I've never yet ever seen anyone blame anyone to happiness. Mm. It just, you just can't go there. Yeah. If you're really going to blame, you're going to take yourself not necessarily the other person, you'll take yourself into depression, down, 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 right. into depression. Powerful. And that's not a good place to go. Mm. That's, that's, you know, that's, the, that's going below the line and you'll stay there. And so responsibility, people often say, oh, okay. So I say, well, I'll be responsible. I say, okay, I'll be responsible. All right, darling, it's my fault. It's my, hang on, but you're blaming someone, aren't you? No, I'm taking responsibility. No, no, no. Yeah, well, it's me. I'm not her fault. It's my fault. It's no one's fault. Mm. It just is. You want to you want to blame somebody? Fine, but and if you want to blame yourself, that's okay. But you're still copping out because you want to take responsibility. What? What have you got control of? What do you mean? Mm. What is in your control? Well, I can't control it. Yes, but in the, in any conversation you're having, what can you control? Well. I can, I can control what I say. Absolutely, you can. You've got control of that, and I can control what I hear them do. You can, 
you stop there, you listen to you. You can control how you listen. I can control whether I stay or go. Good. So you can control that. You can stay there. So if you if you do that, if you want to take control, you can stay there. You can talk in a way which is however you need to talk, which is going to get there, and you can you know which is non-aggressive, generally speaking, and. And you can you can talk by not blaming and and staying and you know being accountable. That's all those things you can control of. You can take responsibility for those. Mm-hmm. But if you can't haven't got no control of something, you can't take responsibility for that. That is your partner's responsibility. Mm-hmm. So whatever your partner says, you don't have to take it. You don't you dare say that. Forget it. They can say that. Mm-hmm. And if Am I, am I, I've got a feeling I'm going around circles here. Is this, is this clear or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to, you see, yeah. you're essentially. There's two things. There's control. Yes. And there's, um, there's responsibility. Take responsibility, 100% responsibility for everything you've got control over. Yeah. And if you haven't got control, then either get control or give the responsibility to those who have. Does, think, yeah, I go think, ahead. I think one of the things that's. I mean, for me personally, that's um, been the most challenging going through sort of a self-development thing um, Yep, is sort of a confusion around what responsibility is. Um, so how you just res- explain that about, you know, taking responsibility for what's in control, not taking responsibility for the whole situation is really, really um, good to know how to differentiate the two. See, this is the problem with listening. Sometimes people ask you a question you're going to have troubles with. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been asked that question before. <laughs> what a bummer. I thought you were a nice girl. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Too good. <laughs> um, look, responsibility is, is owning it and being accountable for it. Yeah. And sort of saying, okay, I did it and... Forgiving yourself for it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I stuffed up. Oh, look, you went and told you went and told that little kid over there to get stuffed. Yeah, I didn't mean to. No, no. But you did. Yeah, I did. Mm. I did. I I did I did tell. I'm not I'm not downing myself for it. I'm not blaming myself for it. I'm just only gonna say, yes, I did that. I mm. told that little kid to go and get stuffed. And yeah, really, that's not me. I really shouldn't do that. Mm. And it's because of that experience, because you've owned it, you probably won't do it again. Yeah. So I guess it's. But more if you said it, gone. So I guess it's Sorry. more so sort of like taking a responsibility without a judgment there. Would you? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No. 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 No judgment and no self judgment because most people fail in loving themselves. Mm. So you don't. You know. You know. Because let's face it. Is there ever a time when you're not doing the very best you can to be happy? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. A, no, no. Uh, without knowing, yeah. yes. Yes, without knowing, yes. But none of us deliberately ever no, do. No. No. Yeah. So we're all trying. And so if you step up, guess what? We're going to learn here. Yeah. yeah. If you don't make the mistakes. See, I know a lot of people who never make mistakes. They don't go anywhere. Yeah. They just they go absolutely and they're they're boring with a capital S, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And it 
driving driving through that uh, the mistakes, um, we we have a, a high suicide male population in Australia. Just to put it absolutely bluntly, um, yep. What drives? Because you see people in relationships and it's still suicide. You see people in amazing jobs, still suicide. You see people that um, seem to have it all together, still suicide. What What is it about the brain? What is the breaking point? And it's what can people do if they do feel that low? Okay. Can I ask you a question? You're yep. the lady of the um, Ebony the, on the side there. Yep. That's that's your partner, is it? How yep. long have you guys been together? We've been together since about. Uh, you you really you really put me on the spot there, didn't you, Peter? You, <laughs> we've been together for since October. Um, we met each other in October. Almost two years. Almost two years. Almost two years. Ah, oh, and they said it never lasts. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And so you guys are going to have difficulties coming up. Yeah. No two ways about that. You've probably had a few anyway. Mm. But you will definitely have some problems. And you're probably – do you feel you've grown and developed since you've been together and you're now – A thousand all, percent. Yeah, a thousand yeah. percent. Right. And then there would have been a time – when you had a problem and you guys would have got to the stage and you thought, oh, I, I don't know what to do here, and all, but you just stayed together anyway. Mm. Yes. And suddenly it just comes good. At one stage I couldn't see how this could possibly happen, but now it can happen because mm. my mindset back then couldn't see the future. Yes. It couldn't see what the possibilities were. But somehow we've stayed together, we've just talked, we've done work, and suddenly something clicks, you know, often go to sleep at night and wake up in the morning and think, oh, I feel different. Yeah. If I feel different, this is, you know, oh, this, this, this person next to me, oh, I thought she was a real shit last night, but yeah, <laughs> she's, actually, she's actually okay. <laughs> wow, she's changed. No, she hasn't. <laughs> You've changed and study and you've changed because you're seeing a different, more highly evolved part of yourself. Mm. Now, with suicide people, yes. when, when a person suicides, they get to that stage where they can't see the future. Mm. They can't see how they can possibly ever break through. They can't see how they can possibly ever do it. So they say, that's it. There is no answer here. This is now hopeless. There's no way forward. I can't go forward. I'm out of here. And so they pop themselves. And they do. Yeah. Yet the the um, is it a uh, the societal? Sorry? Is it a societal? It, it's well, it's 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 the pressure's on now because you have people losing businesses, losing jobs, yeah, and you had people losing farms, and so the triggers are there, and all the rest of it. Now. And the triggers certainly are there, and there's people having to sustain great loss, and there's often no way around um, not sustaining those losses. Mm. And so they feel pretty bad because they've been identifying with themselves as this loss. I am who I am because I have a 10,000-acre farm and now I'm losing my farm and my whole family had this farm. 
and now mm. here's me. I'm about to lose it. Oh, my God. How yeah. terrible is this? And often they do lose it. And I'd rather die than hang around and be blamed for losing the farm. Right. Because yes. they'll, they'll, they'll blame themselves. And, 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 in fact, I have no way out. But the way out is I can turn around to I can turn around and, uh, okay, I'm just going to say, fine, it's gone. And I might go through through um, you know six months or a month or even twelve months of feeling pretty pretty bloody awful, but then I pull myself up, and the the um, what the what the research shows is the ones that have attempted suicide and haven't succeeded, mm. the prognosis they do very very well in the rest of their life because they've hit rock bottom, mm. they've hit rock bottom where they couldn't see a way out, but what they did is. They hit rock bottom of that particular mindset, and they can't go any further forward. They've often succeeded to the place where they can't go any further forward. People look on look on as being a failure. It's not as often a success. Why stick? Why stick and stick on this ten thousand dollar farm, ten thousand acre farm when you've got this something inside you that wants to be better and you really want to grow and develop interpersonally. And you really want some challenges to deal with, and this farm is like falling off a log. It's all paid for, ship all there, all the all the stuff that runs itself, all the fences are good, everything's everything's fine. I come from a farm, by the way. I guess you wouldn't. I do too. Wouldn't have guessed that. I do too. Yeah, good. Okay. Good. <laughs> I, I knew there's something I liked about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's that connection. It's I a, knew it. It's that reflection yeah, of yourselves yeah. and each other. <laughs> and. Uh, and, you know, and, and like for me, because I come from a farm and one day, son, all this will be yours. Mm. I sat there and I thought, well, okay, Dad, you had fun getting this farm. I'm sure you did, but I'm not sure I'm going to have fun, the same fun as you. Mm. I've got other things I want to do. So, yeah. so I went left and did disgusting thing and become a psychologist. Is, <laughs> you never quite understood that. And actually, I didn't either at the time. <laughs> but, but it's, it's, what you've got to do is is allow yourself to upgrade your mindset. Yes. And in that new mindset, you are now more, more capable of doing things. You can do things bigger and better than you've ever, ever been capable of before. You enter a new, you can take a new life. That life is there. It's finished. You've done it. You've learned by it. Let's go for it. Everybody you find who's um, really made it big or really going well in life, they've all had a suicide moment in their life. Mm. A whole lot of now. I'm personally not suicidal at all mm. myself. Yeah. But boy, I've sit there and I've, I've said, I remember saying to my wife once, I said, boy, if ever I was suicide, if ever I was going to suicide, now would be the time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I and understand. I, but because I, wasn't, I, didn't, I didn't have that. And, and um, yeah, so well, it's, it's an illusion that you can't go further. You can always go further. There's always a way forward. Powerful. But it's going to call on you to be more than you are now. Mm. And the illusion thinks, I can't be that. And I'll say, crap, you can. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in this spot right now. You can go forward. But are you willing to take the courage, to be courageous enough? Are you willing to let yourself, allow yourself to be taken to the next level? And believe me, you won't know where that is. Oh, my shock horror says the emotion, don't go there. You don't know what's going to happen. Don't worry. I'm just going to go there. Just let it go. Mm. 
I remember <laughs> I talked to a guy once who, you know, because there's three things with suicide. There's the ideation, there's the, there's the means, and there's a plan. He had the three of them. And he was in the process of separating from his, well, his wife was, was leaving him. And uh, he was just, he was besotted with her anyway. And he had it all, he had it all worked out. He had it all worked out. He was going to go on suicide and no one would ever know. They'd never ever see him. Anyway, we worked with it, got him out of that. Worked, worked him out, out of that. And now he's having the best relationship with his kids he's ever, ever had. He didn't think it was ever possible. And, you know, and because he's now grown up and he's become that person, he's letting go of his wife who's, who's um, just doesn't want to be with him anymore. And he's letting go of being so totally dependent, relying on her, you know. And yes, yeah. And I'll call him. I'll call him. Uh, well, I call him. I call him Ben, mm-hmm. and I'll call him his wife Gail. And uh, yes, Ben. Just think, there is life after Gail. Mm. But up until then, he, he he thought there wasn't. He did a reading on him, you know. He's the interesting thing. He'd suicide about oh eight, ten, twelve times. From other lives in the past. Wow. When it wasn't good. Yeah. And he was, and because each time you're suicide, come back and do it again, come back and do it again, come back and do it again. And uh, now he don't have to come back and do it again because he's got it. He's now an independent person and he's really got a really great relationship with his kids. And he can have a great relationship with his wife if she wants, if she's willing to own it. And if she does, she will be, be much better off too. But that's up to them. There seems to be a lot around um, attachment. Yeah. And things and people and ideology. And as as soon as you can sort of let that go and accept it for what it is, that that seems to be the breakthrough point. And you find, and you find, once you mm. break through that point, you will find calmness and stillness. You whatever whatever is thrown mm. at you after that, you you've been to the darkest places of your mind. There is nothing materialistic or in general that will be thrown at you um, without you having that calmness to push through it because you've already beaten the worst part and the worst mm. thoughts you can possibly have. Yeah, look, it's not even calmness. Sometimes mm. it's absolute stupidity. <laughs> but whatever you do, you you got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like your lady on the front, she, she probably is a pretty face, but she's not just a pretty face because she made <laughs> a lot of a lot of good a lot of good sense there in saying it's about attachment. It's what you get attached to and can't let go of. Because if you want to grow and develop, it comes to time, and I've never thought of this before, but this is a good one. In suicide, it's time to let go of that. To let go of the attachment you got there, so that you can go forward and and move move somewhere else. Because sometimes some things just aren't worth bringing with you. Mm. They're yeah. just not worth bringing with you. Amazing, no, Robert. Like Robert, thank you, thank you. So please let us uh, uh, let us know where everyone can uh, where they can follow you and and find you because the work that you do is is truly amazing and I thank you for doing it and mixing the two together, uh, traditional psychology and the spiritual side uh, into traditional psychology and using different techniques is an absolute must and an absolute must for this time period. Uh, of ours and it really seems like you're a pioneer in this space i haven't really come across someone that is doing the two or has the 
background knowledge that you do and the uh, uh, history that you do and moving into the area that you're in now. So where can everyone find you um, and where can they uh, get in touch? Um, look, I've got a, on my website, there's a contact page in there. Yep. They can go onto the website. They'll be in the description. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd also, is that okay to give my phone number out? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Up to you. Yeah, so just, just you give, it, give it a call on um, 0404 053324. Perfect. That's, that's the easiest, easiest way to find me. If, I'm, if I don't answer the phone, just uh, leave a message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Perfect. Or I've got another one called robertillier at me.com too. That's Perfect. an email address. Perfect. But Hillier, by the way, is spelled H-O-W-I-A-R. And your website, just for the listeners that won't go in the description, sometimes we do have those listeners. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. HTTP, all that sort of stuff. I think it's um, it's robertillier.com.au. Perfect. But H-O-W-L-I-A-R. Perfect. Yeah, not here, not here. Yeah. Excellent, the Robert. Yeah, guys, a different guy. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. And can I say that um, yeah. this is a professional opinion? Yeah. You and your lovely lady there. You're very nice people. <laughs> oh, thank you. So are you. <laughs> thank you. Hopefully we do this okay. uh, face-to-face as soon as, uh, you know, this entire pandemic uh, situation is over. Ah, I'd love to. Love to. Okay. <laughs> Pleasure, Robert. Thanks, Diego. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. And um, see you, see you Ms. D- Ms. Diego. That's all I got. <laughs> 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 Ebony. Okay. Yeah. Take Ebony. care. Thanks, Ebony.